Blog Talk Radio. Hey, hey, hey. Happy Friday, y'all. Hey, T. Hey, Lisa, girl, how you doing this Friday? Yes. <laughs> so, like, look, look, I, I work every day, but I'm excited about Friday. <laughs> it's just something about Friday, Lisa. All right. Friday make you excited. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even if you got to go to work the next day. Right, that part <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but it's all good, it's all good, absolutely. We want to welcome y'all, welcome y'all. I'm Miss Felicia, you know, I got my right hand, and most of the time, she is my left, the fabulous Miss Tony. Child, we are talking that talk about in living color. Sometimes you have people, places, and things that just shine, um, mm-hmm. and that's just what it is. But you got to live in order to do that. And so we have three fabulous guests today. Let's get the show opened up, and then we're going to talk that talk. Absolutely. Once again, you're listening live to Let's Chat. My name is Miss Tony, and I am joined by one and only fabulous Miss Alicia. But just to give you guys a little hint on what we do here on Let's Chat, because, Alicia, you know, we always have new listeners, new eyes on the show, and we so appreciate each and every one of them. But here on Let's Chat, you know, we used to celebrate literature because Leisha and I, we are readers first and foremost. But our platform has evolved so much that it's all inclusive. So we just like to celebrate the dopeness. And we love celebrating in the royal way, no matter what it may be. You know, so many people have come to the doors of Let's Chat Leash that we have been so blessed to, to receive. We've had lawyers, actors, authors, publishers, any walk of life, they have been through the doors of Let's Chat. And our show allows all our guests as well as our listeners to interact in the fun, intimate, and friendly environment. We get to hear the passion behind what it is our guests uh, are involved in. At least we have three 
fabulously um, passionate guests tonight, and I can't wait to get them in the chat room. But we love to, to bring them in so that you can interact because you, you never know who may be touched that are listening. You know, they may be at a part in their lives where a word tonight is just aptly spoken and much be needed. So we appreciate everyone that joins us week in and week out. You know, Lisa and I wouldn't be doing this without you guys. So just know that we both appreciate each and every one of those ears that are listening around the world. And once again, welcome to Let's Chat. Get ready. We've got a fabulous show on tap for you guys this evening. Absolutely. And I want to say welcome, iHeartRadio. Yes, you girls are now able to be viewed and listened to via iHeartRadio as well as iTunes and Spotify. So we're excited about that. We appreciate everybody like T says. And we're just ready to talk that talk. We're going to take a brief break and we will be right back. Okay. Busting my tail on a nine to five Just to keep up, try to stay alive Promise my lady we gon' be alright She be crying while she praying for a better life Hustling on the side for a bag of rice Gotta feed the fam, gotta pay the price Gotta keep trucking through the Georgia clay Gotta stay searching for a better day Gotta keep my faith to make a way Gotta get extended so the gas can pay Sweet Georgia, hold me down Keep my feet planted on solid ground From the New York coast to the Florida shine Up to the Maryland, D.C. line Back down south, red peaches prime Sweet Georgia
running up the check, running up the check, yeah, yeah. Stepping on their neck, stepping on their neck, yeah, yeah. Haters popping off, I don't feel a threat, yeah, yeah. Better come correct, gotta get respect. I was born for this, I will, I will go to war for this. I throw everything impossible right out the door for this. I'm a savage, 21 savage, Captain Nick, no Afro pick. Faking over no apologies, I'm killing all this shit. Listen. I told you I'm a savage, but you wouldn't listen. Uh-huh. I came to take over the whole game, that's my mission. Carrots, you motherfucker, now pay attention. Uh-huh. Now that I got your attention, uh-huh. let me complete my sentence. Born in the slums, I hustle for crumbs, I saw for days. Now it's time to get paid, dug into my last day. Right. Streets made me a menace, mama didn't raise uh-huh. no fool. Bottom line, you course was mine, homie, uh-huh. I eat your food. I ain't with that mumble uh-huh. shit, the only thing that mumbles quick is when I put that muzzle on that bitch and I freeze that shit. Yeah, I'm insane. Nigga, crazy and I'm cool, cool Split personality, I don't know who's who Screws loose, so watch what you say to me I will snap out, I'm a New York Jersey nigga But now I wanna run the south It's not where you from, nigga It's where the fuck you at So I switch that NY and flip it to a brazen Running up the check, running up the check yeah, yeah. Stepping on they neck, stepping on they neck yeah, yeah. Haters popping off, I don't feel a threat yeah, yeah. Better come correct, gotta get respect I was born for this, I will, I will go to war for this If you standing in my way, you gon' be on the floor for this I'm a savage, 21 savage, a grenade without a pen Taking over, no apologies, I'm killing all this shit hey, First off, you don't know who you fucking with right. That nigga KJ here bust quick Better watch what you say when you run your lips He's crazy in the range, you don't give a shit uh-huh. Pop pills, that boy is so That's ill right. Disrespecting, you get killed Spit been on my device for the DC Slapper to the bitches, I wish sleep hype, yeah You don't want it with the kid from Jersey Better pray to the Lord for some mercy uh-huh. Cause when I come out Come with fire. Stop putting on your rap shoe lighter. You ain't never do a bitch, you a bitch, nigga. You be lying in your rap, you ain't rich, nigga. Uh-huh. You don't want no war with the kid, nigga. Woo. I run up in your motherfucking crib, nigga. I kill you, kill you, kill you. And leave no witnesses. No. And write a book about uh-huh. it like OJ Simpson did. Uh-huh. I'm a savage, nigga. Uh-huh. I am out of my mind. Right. I'll hunt you down if you got diamonds and grind. I'm on my grind, nigga. So don't you waste my time. And if you disrespect the king, you know you cross the line. I see you haters, nigga. I hear you haters talking. You gonna end up. Six feet deep in the fucking coffin I'm about my paper, I'm about my thriller I'm counting figures, uh-huh. I seen a cross in your eyes That's why you switch, nigga Oh, you a bitch, nigga uh-huh. I'm counting chips, nigga You keep on chasing ass, I'm getting rich, nigga Running up the check, running up the check yeah, yeah. Stepping on they neck, stepping on they neck yeah, yeah. Haters popping off, I don't feel a threat yeah, yeah. Better come correct, gotta get respect I'm never born for this, I will, I will go to war for this I throw everything impossible right out the door for this I'm a savage, 21 savage, Captain Nick, no Afro pick Faking over, no apologies, I'm killing all this shit Hey! State of emergency. <laughs> bitches, 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 bitches. You want me to bitches, do? I'm sorry. Bitches, bitches, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Corporate hustle. Making money hustle. Independent business. 24 struggles. On the block hustle. Crooked cop hustle. No sleep in these streets. 24 struggles. On the stroll hustle. Tricking John hustle. Working the pole. That's your goal. 24 struggles. Counterfeit hustle. Politics hustle. Book hustle, writing books hustle, in, in, in the pen with your pen, 24 struggles, uh-huh. college hustle, getting that knowledge hustle, keeping up with tuition, 24 struggles, underhand hustle, made in Japan hustle, trying to come across that border. 
a struggle. Going green hustle, slot machine hustle. Keeping money in your jeans, everyday struggle. Move your foot hustle, doing jokes hustle. Protecting everything you have is a known struggle. Nine to five hustle, overtime hustle. Trying to hold a decent job, make your mind struggle. Bootleg hustle, doobie and brain hustle. Trying to ride the latest wave, 24 struggle. American dream hustle, plotting the scheme hustle. Cause every time we close our eyes, all we see is struggle. Tattoo hustle, YouTube hustle. Just to get a couple views, watch a few struggle. I know we all hustle, that's all a part of struggle. It's time we get it popping off, so we all bubble, bubble, bubble. Who you loving, who you wanna be hugging? Go with niggas that be sucking, that be sucking. You know we hustle around here. Now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Yes, we are back. We are back. Welcome to Let's Chat. I'm Miss Alicia. You know I got my right hand, and most of the time she is my left. I got the fabulous Miss Tony up in here. Hey, T. Hey, Lisa, girl, girl. I'm excited. You know, Lisa. Sometimes you know when we take a break, I gotta get my radio legs back on, but I'm feeling radioish tonight. <laughs> Absolutely, it's going down. We have three fabulous guests right here in the chat room. We have comedian and writer Kevin Foster, as well as author Monette, and comedian Talent. They're going to be kicking in the chat room door today. Our first guest of the night is comedian and writer Kevin Foster. Now, if y'all don't know, he's been on our show before. He is one of the writers for the hit series monogamy that is coming back for season two so i'm excited welcome welcome kevin can you hear me yes can you hear us oh good i hear you wonderfully how are you doing you two (laughs) we are good mr foster it's been a minute but we're excited to have you tonight Yeah, I'm 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 actually standing. I mean, it's the beauty of being in Southern California. I'm actually standing overlooking the ocean right now in Santa Monica. Um, uh. I'm de-stressed. I'm, I have one of those. And you know, it's funny. I'm trying to come here all open-minded and clear-headed, so you guys can ask me those crazy <laughs> questions, and I can have some clear answers for you guys. But I just left a Starbucks, and I had a I had a America moment. Um, and I'm trying to decompress from it, but I'm not doing too well. I had, well, you can't tell my hair. You got to tell us what happened now. Okay. All right. <laughs> See, you, you don't know me that well, but I'm an ex-fighter. I used to fight a long time ago. Um, and mm-hmm. it takes a lot to bring that out of me. Um, I'm usually Mr. Laffy Jokey, Mr. You know, Peacemaker. But um, I'm in the Starbucks. I'm waiting in line. The barista's probably 18, Latina, beautiful little girl, and a Trump supporter is the best I can call him. Um, oh. In line, oh. getting his coffee. And, you know, if you've ever stood in line in Southern California for a Starbucks, people have the most specific orders, and it will drive you crazy while, you know, while they try to get everything done. And this guy was one of those. And he got mad because his coffee was either probably 133 degrees instead of 135 degrees. And he wanted to pop off. And the girl, you know, she took it, and she, you know, sir, we can make it again. And then he had all these other issues he wanted to resolve, and everybody in line is getting impatient. And finally, 
I just started to walk over to him, and before I could calm him down, I was going to just buy his coffee. I'll just pay for it. What, five bucks? You know? Um, but before I could get there, he told her, that's why you all need to go back to where you came from. Oh. And I'm like, Excuse you? Oh, okay. oh. I'm like, all right, see, you guys, your president will get your ass kicked. He got secret service. <laughs> you don't. So I walked up to him and said, uh, sir, um, that's not necessary. Why don't we do this? I'll pay for the coffee and you can just leave. Well, this is none of your business. Well, when you attack, a, when you attack an 18-year-old girl, you're a bully. Now it's my business. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't take kindly to bullies. So I'm going to offer you to pay for your coffee, however much it is, and you can just take it and leave. And mm-hmm. if he was smart, that's what he would have done. Instead, he had to say something other than, you're right, sir, thank you, I'm sorry. And I don't even remember what he said, but it wasn't what I needed to hear. And I had to check him. I said, listen, um, I'm not from here. I'm from Compton. We do things a little differently where I come from. I'm going to tell you this one time. You've lived your whole life being able to say things like that without consequences. Um, You and I have never met. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm consequences. And the whole place got quiet. And I said, now, you can either drink that coffee or you can wear it. But the one thing you're not going to do and remain conscious is say another word. And then he got smart. All right. He took his coffee. <laughs> All right. And walked him out the door. And then I watched him in case he wanted to give me a side eye on his way out. And then once he got out, everybody starts clapping. I'm like, no, no, no. The hell with that clapping. Why didn't you guys say something? Right. You know why I got to be the bad guy? So, yeah, so I'm, wow. I'm trying to decompress. I'm, I'm coming down from fight or flight mode. It, it takes me a little while. But now I'm mm-hmm. good. How are you two? <laughs> We we gotta try to help you come all the way down, all the way down, right? I know, right? Right, right. <laughs> well, unless you got My weed goodness. or yoga class, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> oh my god! You know you gonna have to work with me in this mindset for a little bit. I will okay. gradually we can come do down. That. How are you guys doing? We are <laughs> good. We are good. Well, we want to know what's new with you. What you've been cooking in your creative kitchen since the last time you were in the oh, chat room? We, man. you know, we want to know about monogamy. We gonna ask about the other stuff, and then we gonna ask about the show. <laughs> okay. Well, the other stuff, um, I have been doing. I've been really busy. Um, there are a lot of irons in the fire, and quite honestly, it's just a question of either figuring out which irons are most important to me, so they can stay in the fire or which ones are going to pay either the most or the quickest, and those are the ones that I'll attend to first. It's, it's just I have some, some creative opportunities of my own that I'm flushing out. I have a a, a story um, that's kind of a thriller. Oh. It's got a comic book. Yeah, it's got a comic book um, tie-in to it, and that's just an older man. He's like in his 40s, um, uh-huh. lifetime nerd, um, you know, never had – you know, active social life and everything is, you know, rides the same way into work on his little cheap motorcycle. And he notices a, a beautiful woman on a balcony um, one morning and thinks nothing of I mean, you know, she's not going to notice him, right? But his, his helmet mm-hmm. has comics on it. You know, it's a custom painted helmet. And she noticed that. Then the next day he comes and he sees her and she looks down and waves at him. It's from like from the freeway. So it's really random. 
Um, and that becomes like his quasi-relationship. Every morning he drives by looking to see the, the beautiful woman on the balcony, and every day she comes out and waves to him. That's his morning. And, that, and that, quite honestly, that's as close as he's going to come to a real, you know, relationship. Um, and then one day he's driving, and he's looking for his girl on the balcony, and he sees two men in black suits and, and another man um, strangling her, you know, over the edge of the balcony. Oh. So, yeah, so he has no idea who she is or where she is, but as far as he knows, he knows her now, as far as, you know, in his mind. So he, you know, jumps off the freeway and you know, scrambles around frantic trying to find, you know, where this woman lives so he can, you know, maybe intervene. Um, I don't know what he thinks he's going to do, but um, he he finds the apartment, sneaks his way in, gets it to where the floor is. He can kind of tell geographically where the balcony is. He gets there, and that room is empty like no one's ever been in it. Um, wow. And that's... That's how it begins. Um, you'll find out later that um, that woman finds him in town because he, he has the same kind of life. He 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 goes to the same places. He goes to the same eateries. And um, one day he's at his little sandwich shop where he goes every day. And the woman recognizes mm-hmm. his helmet on the on the table, and she comes over and greets him. Um, and that's all I can tell you about it. But it, it's uh it's it's something that I've been working on for a network to be named later that um, they are very interested in because um, the lead is like, you know, run-of-the-mill garden variety Joe America, um, and the female lead is racially ambiguous. Um, I wrote her black, but, you know, if they're signing the check, she can be racially ambiguous. Um, (laughs) And the... But it, 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 there's a lot of – there's so many things I wish I could tell you, but mm-hmm. let's just say that he is forced to become her resident hero because her life ends up in peril on a regular basis. And, mm. you know, he, he works at a comic book store, so he gets to reenact or, or, or impersonate some of the, the – even some of the more obscure comic book characters that he knows intimately. Um, and they become his real-life persona. But, yeah, really interesting story. Um, writing it now as a feature, but the interest I have in it is, is it being a six-episode uh, six um, web series. So oh, I, will probably, okay. I will probably turn it into that. I think I want to write it as the, as the feature first because that's easier for me to sell. I already have somebody that wants to that wants to produce it, and uh-huh. I have someone that wants to direct it. So I'll probably do it that way first. And then from the film, I'll develop the series. But that's, mm-hmm. on, uh, that's on the table. Um, there's a director out of Chicago, uh, Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan, super talented, always gets a lot of stuff done. Um, and I really want to work with him. It's just i got to clear some things off my plate. Because I identify with that brother from a from a creative standpoint, um, mm-hmm. and I think you know he he gave me one of his stories to kind of flush out, and I did in like no time. And, that, and that's always a good sign for me. If I, if you give me an idea, and I can write a like an eighty eight page feature in a few days, that means mm-hmm. either I really get your concept or I'm, I really love your character. And with his, it was both. So. Um, I'd like to say, I got I gotta clear some things off my table so I can get with that brother and get some things handled. I, I think he and I can do some really big things. Um he's got a bunch of movies on Netflix um right now. Um 
place. He always gets things done. That's what I like about him. It's hard enough in the mm-hmm. in the in the black film community in black Hollywood. There's a lot of we goners and we shouldas, um, and not mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. guys in the can. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. talk about what they want to do, and they always have ideas. They want writers to flush out for free. Um, but mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan, uh, Craig Ross, guys like that. If they give you an idea, they are going to get it done. It's going to get in the can somewhere, and it's going to be on somebody's network just a matter of time. So I Absolutely. like like that. Now, my question but, yeah, is, so, uh, oh, I got a question, and I have just a little uh-huh. comment, because you know, you know, me and T, we don't mind you coming to pick our brain for free. That's okay. So, you know, we are always uh-huh. here. If you have some creative ideas that you want to get from us, we got it. We got mm-hmm. you. Oh, listen to you. <laughs> Kind of get my checkbook. I see you. We, we don't even need no coins. You just need to drop our little name somewhere. I'm gonna tell you like that. Like that. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you like that. Get your hands out of my pocket. <laughs> now I do so, have a question. I, uh, my know, question. I am always be, open to collaboration. You, We're I'm always, always here. open to collaboration. And we are always There's here. Enough, you just I, let I us know. This. There's enough out here to go around, that's for sure. And with all these all right, all right. channels and with all these independent film producers and with YouTube and Netflix and Amazon Prime and all these creators, there's all kinds mm-hmm. of opportunity. It's just a question of having content that's good enough, and it has to be good enough to be, um, you know, to be produced. But there right. are enough avenues, that's for sure. And then you have all these, you know, these black-dominated shows, you know, the – or networks. You have uh, UMC, you know, which has been very good to me. Um, mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. have a lot of new content, um, and they have old content that we all know, you know. Then there's, right. mm-hmm. you know, the 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 BETs and BET hers and TV ones and and all of these mm-hmm. are are starting to create more new new content. They're not just rehashing like the you know the Good Times catalog and things like that. I mean, they're 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 coming up with new stuff. So. Um, there's all kinds of opportunities. It's it, it's all it's all happening. It's just the stuff has got to be good. Mm-hmm. Stuff has got to be good. I have a lot of young writers or, or new writers. Don't be young, but I have a lot of new writers that come to me and say, "Hey, um, you know, can you look at my stuff or um, what's the way to break in and all this kind of stuff?" And I have to remind people, well, before you start talking about breaking in and stuff, be good first. You know, mm-hmm. don't, just, mm-hmm. don't just think. That this game is easier, you guys know, because you're right. Um, you have to have um, a base set of skills already. Your English and, and your, your grammar and your punctuation, all that stuff has to be unlocked. It has to be tight. You can't be coming mm-hmm. to this game. I wish I, could, I, wish I, I wish I had a dollar for every script that I read where the first three pages has all these errors. Mm. And that's when I stop reading. It's like, well... I can't, I can't help you with this. You don't have, you know, you didn't listen in, in your junior year in high school when your English teacher was talking. Mm-hmm. I need that. I need that person first. Get that, get that skill set right. squared up, and then bring right. in the other stuff. Or the ideas aren't completely fleshed out. They 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 have a concept, and they want you to fill in all the blanks. You're like, well, that's not going to be your concept. <laughs> that's going to be my concept, and mm-hmm. and I'll do it, but you're going to pay me accordingly. You know. Um, I think a lot of people think that they have like a, a, a five sentence idea and that's a script. That's not a script. It's a five sentence idea. And because I'm a writer, I can take your five sentence idea and turn it into an 88 page feature. But then it's my idea. Uh. 
You know, it's my okay. property. Listen, so, we got you know. we got a we got a, a queue full of authors. Y'all hear this, y'all? I'm saying y'all got y'all pens and papers ready. He done just dropped about 50 jewels on y'all. I'm going to need y'all taking notes because we know we got some good pins that are listening right now. I ain't going to name no names, but mm-hmm. I know that they I know they are there. And so he done dropped mm-hmm. some good jewels. So if you're listening to the replay, make sure you're taking notes. If you are in the queue right now, take you some notes. And if you are listening through the link and streaming the show, make sure you're taking notes, y'all. He just dropped y'all some fabulous, fabulous Nuggets. We love it. I love when you come on the show. I wish someone was around to tell me that stuff. Writers kind of hold the, the, the secret like like you know, like it's a military secret or something. It's not. I'm not threatened by it. I, I wish as many people could get their stories told as possible because then we'd have a better idea um, of how cultures actually live and breathe. You know, one of the reasons, one of the big problems I've had with Hollywood over the years is I have people who don't look like me telling me that what I'm writing is not black enough or not, or not you know, mm. culturally accurate and things like that. So now we have opportunities to tell our own stories. Shoot, I'm, I'm all for it. I want the stories to come from all over. But, yeah, I, I find that a lot of writers aren't trying to give up the tips or aren't trying to give up the connections and stuff because it's like they think that that's going to somehow, you know, water down their chances of getting stuff done. But, no, the good stuff is going to get done, period. I want to see Absolutely. the good stuff get done. Now, I want to go back to something that you said because you mentioned um, when you were talking about the show that you're working on, you mentioned that, you know, you have ties to this, but if they want to change it, hey, they're paying, writing the checks. See, and, and well, a lot of time in publishing, it tends to be a little different. So when you are attached uh-huh. to your to your to your manuscript, or you're attached to your screenplay, or whatever it is that you're writing, what is it mm-hmm. the, for you that allows you to de release yourself from it uh, and be able to move it around and position it the well, way it needs to be? Here's what happens. If you are a writer-producer, writer-slash-producer, or if you're a writer-slash-director, if you got one of them slashes, then your vision will be more complete the way you saw it. If you mm-hmm. are a writer and you ain't got one of them slashes, that means you have a producer who has an opinion. And that means you have exec producers that, have, that are getting the money, and they're going to have an opinion. Then you have directors, and they it's their vision, you know, so – or they're entrusted with, with turning your script into something visual, and they're going to see things you don't see. So they're going to have changes on their own as well. Um, you can't be married to your script or to your screenplay unless you have those slashes. If you've got a producer slash or a director slash, then you can be as specific and as determined to, to hold every word as possible. If you are not, you cannot. It's that simple. And, and uh. here's, here's the other thing. This is something that I wish I could tell all writers. Your script is like a tree at a dog park. Everybody involved is going to walk up to it and take a piss on it. Oh. So you can't and, – and, and the reason is it's not like they're going to make the tree better. They're just leaving there. They're just putting their scent on it. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and that's, that's kind of how it works. So it's, I mean, it's kind of a, a graphic um, – 
image, but it's true. Your script is mm-hmm. going to get peed on by everybody involved. Everybody that's got money has a say, or anybody that's got a higher authority is going to have a say. So you can't be married to it because it is going to change whether you want it to or not. So um, sometimes you'd be surprised. Sometimes it changes for the better. Sometimes hey, it changes everybody. because they change actors. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh. So what do you mean it changes because they change actors? So if they get certain actors on it, they will change the script for that particular actor? Well, some actors are better at certain things. Like if you have an actor oh. that is really dramatic but not super funny, um, and, but that actor has a big name that will bring box office, right? And you wrote it as an indie, mm-hmm. so you figure you're going to get a student actor or somebody who's not that accomplished, and they're going to basically do what you tell them. They're going to look at the script and try to, you know, interpret the words as best they can. Um, if, you get a, if you get a chance to get a big-name actor attached, then they're going to doctor the script to suit that actor's talent. It's like, it's like having a basketball team that doesn't have any big men. Right, and so you got to play mm-hmm. small ball. You got to you got to run. You got to shoot threes. You got to do all that kind of stuff. But if if some if if Shaq in his prime became available to you, okay, well now you got to change your offense and and get the ball inside where you got a superstar who's going to get you sixty percent you know field goal percentage. Sometimes you have to make that change. Um, as a writer, I don't mind that because it means the film is going to be more successful in most cases, and that means more money in your pocket. Um, if anything, mm. then that's when I, I say, yeah, I'll make the changes, negotiate me some back in. So when, you know, when the budget gets bigger and the and the the gross gets better, I'll get compensated as well. Um, when you're working on a smaller project, you just do it so it can get made. Because here's the thing, I would rather have a percentage of something that gets made than a hundred percent of something that doesn't get made. Hmm. So if they need change, that's why I said sometimes you got to be kind of mercenary about it. I, I have three goals every time I go into a project. Am I going to get paid? Am I going to get credit? And am I going to learn something? It's got, I got to get at least two of those three. I got to get at least mm-hmm. two of those three. Now, I hope the money is up front. But mm-hmm. paid, credit, and learn something. If I can get, if I can get two out of three, then, I'm, then I, that's a win. If I get three out of three, then that's the way I should be doing you know, at least eighty percent of the stuff I you know I get called to do. But no, I need I need that pay, I need that credit. If I can learn something, I might sacrifice one of the other two. I've done some uncredited stuff to get on sets that I wouldn't ordinarily have access to. You know, oh. it's a big network, mm-hmm. and I have a, a director friend, for instance, who says, "Listen, I can't get you credit on this, but this thing is not ethnically accurate, and I need some help. You know, can you rewrite from page ten to page twenty-three?" And I'm gonna give you X number of thousands of dollars. Okay, all right. If it's somebody I know or a project I respect, okay, I get that. He wants to make it better. Okay, let me help. You know, or what I get a lot is, you know, this script doesn't move in the first ten pages. I need something help. And usually I can add some humor, or I can, you know, change the persona of a character, do something like that to kind of doctor the script a little bit, um, and make it more appealing. And sometimes I'll do that for no credit because they'll give me some pay, um, you know, up front, and I'll build a stronger relationship with that person. So that's, those are situations where, like, you might sacrifice credit, which is one of those three, you know. Um, if it's a project with a really talented, young, new, you know, filmmaker, 
um, maybe I, you know, I can get on set and do other things. You know, now I'm not just a writer. Maybe I'm a script supervisor and an AD. Okay, well, now I'm learning. So that's my pay. So if I, if I got to oh. give up some pay or cut down my pay so that I can get that education, okay, I'll do that. Because what that leads to is eventually I can be my own director on some of my own projects. Now every word in the script is going to get said the way I write. And I get more money. You know, two checks is better than one. So that's my thing. If I can learn, great. If I can get credit, better. If I can get paid, best. But I need at least two of those three. If I can't get two of those three, I'll turn it down. Because I think writers get asked to do a lot of stuff for free, and I think we take on too much stuff for free. We need to make sure uh, that we get we get value for our work. Oh, we know Absolutely. about that. That was some good stuff. Yes, we know about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that was some good it stuff. You know, we always love when you come into the chat room. And you know here in the chat room, we always like to do something a little fun. <laughs> oh, Lord. <And> you know, <laughs> We like to do something oh, a little Lord. fun up in the chat room. So, T, I'm going to let you handle it. I'm going to sit back, got my little sippy cup. I'm going to see what he going to do with this one this time. Oh, let me guess. <laughs> right and see. Here are your three items. <laughs> <laughs> Prell shampoo, <Now>. cranberry, <laughs> and the, the cooking labouton pump. <laughs> now, now, Kevin, you know. You know when you come in the chat room, I've been thinking about my question for you all day. Oh, and Lord. you know we don't use pearl shampoo. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how that's how you know I'm old. I was gonna say Murray Paulet, but Oh goodness. Oh. <laughs> well Kevin, you and know Lisa and I, I like you said. And see, you got me running my mouth. I didn't even talk about monogamy season two, which airs this oh, fall that we finished you yes, in June. Yes. Okay, let's oh, do that real quick. Got the big cliffhanger to okay. solve. Okay, what Going can all we into expect? the backstory of these characters, getting all deep with it and stuff. Oh, oh. oh man. I wish oh. next time you come, I'm about to put a wish list out there. Next time you come, I want you to bring Jasmine with you. Oh, okay. Jasmine and I are working on a project for a network that I cannot name. But when I heard she was working with them, I was so happy, I broke into applause. And I said, bravo. Wow. Now, you know, Kevin, this is Tony. You should. Wait, wait, wait. Wait. He was was giving us some tea. He was giving us some tea about monogamy. So you said a big old cliffhanger. They went to the backstory. Can you tell us what the cliffhanger is? I absolutely cannot. (laughs) Okay. um, Okay. Tell us what episode you wrote. If you saw season one, you remember it ended with a huge, huge, huge cliffhanger. And we solved. Yeah, we solved the cliffhanger, among other things, in the first couple of episodes, but there are some twists and turns this time around that mm-hmm. I did not foresee. Um, I didn't know, quite honestly, where Craig was taking season two, but it's mm-hmm. deep. It, it's deep, and it's dark, you know, and, and you know, I'm a comedian, so I, I still injected some humor in it, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, this is, we go into their backstories, and, you know, these people are, we learned that they all have some trouble. They all have some secrets and, and stuff that they live through. I mean, we, if you watch the series, you really identified with the characters. I mean, it, there was a little bit of all of them in, in us, you know. I don't care who you are. There was something you could identify with in, one, in, you know, in a few of the characters. Well, mm-hmm. now we're going to find out why they are the way they are 
or why their circumstances are the way they are. And that's mm. when they're going to lose their connection to us. Because us regular people, we didn't go through half of the stuff these folks did. It's going to get deep. Mm. Deep, deep, deep. Which one Especially did the you actors write? Are so talented. Yes. Which one did you write? Which, which episodes did you write? Episodes? Uh-huh. Well, you know, we, we're collaborative, so we work together on all of them. But the episodes okay. that I wrote for this season, for season two, are episodes two and five. Two and five. Okay. And if you remember last season, okay. I wrote episodes three and four. So the cool thing for me Let's last season was I got to write after the couple kind of, you know, met, you know, their, their, their new spouses, their new imaginary mm-hmm. spouses, and I got to help mm-hmm. them develop. And they developed kind of quickly <laughs> in some cases. <laughs> uh, but I helped their relationships develop. And then they got sent into, like, post-relationship turmoil after they left my episode four. Um, in this one, I got a lot of responsibility because I got cliffhanger, you know, um, I got cliffhanger resolution, and I got new cliffhanger starters in, in my episode five getting ready for, 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 season, for season three. So, yeah, I had more responsibility this time. The other thing, too, this was just more stressful all the way around because there was more money and more expectations. The first time, you know, it was a small indie thing that we had a lot of creative control on, and it was and it happened really organically. The second time, uh-huh. you know, it was the number one show for that network for UMC. So now the network got involved, and the network is now you know owned by another larger network, and they got involved, and and they had more expectations and more money. So you know, it's like to say more money, more problems. It was it was mm-hmm. tense. It was tense this time around. So again, we talk about getting paid, getting credit, getting, and getting and learning. I got paid, I got credit, but man, I learned a ton this time. I learned a ton, and not all and not all the lessons were easy. Some of them were were quite honestly kind of painful to learn. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, this this writing thing, man, it, it, <laughs> it ain't no joke. It ain't no mm-hmm. joke. And the business of writing is even more intense. The bigger you get, um, the more money involved. Yeah, the more tension. Mm-hmm. It's it's a trip. Wow. So, but I think I think it, it's all going to come through in the in the end result. So the, the product is going to be amazing. If 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 you like season one, you're going to love season two. If you haven't seen season, if you haven't seen season one, it's a really good idea to binge watch it. And I haven't seen it in mm-hmm. a while, so I'm going to probably binge binge watch it again myself um, in a little bit, so that I'm prepared for the character dynamics when season two airs in the fall, which is now right around the corner. Okay, but my where question can they, for you... Where can they find it? Oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah. I missed that. Which... Go ahead. Where can they, yeah, where can they, where find, can they it? find it? Okay, I heard both of y'all at the same time. Now, what do y'all should have one of you speak? <laughs> <laughs> where can they find it to been watch season one? Oh, Season one is on UMC channel, the Urban Movie Channel. Uh, it's a web stream service. It's only like $4.95 a month. And there's all kinds of fresh new content on there. And there's also old content. There's, you know, old um, shows from the 90s. I think um, there's movies from the 90s, early 2000s and things that, you know, the movies we love, like the house party films and all those. Um, but there's some fresh new content Um Okay. On the channel, that's definitely worth looking, looking up. But our show was the number one show, or the most requested show 
on the network last season. Um, and if you look in favorites, when you click on favorites, um, you'll, our show will usually come up first, and that's Craig Ross Jr.'s monogamy. Um, but yeah, it's like four ninety. It's like four dollars and ninety five cents for a whole month, um, and they have free mm-hmm. trial offers most of the time, usually for a week. So yeah, mm-hmm. you can you can pop on. Our show is you know half hour episodes, so to watch all six episodes takes about three hours. And I've known many people that said that's what they did. They sat down, it's like watching a movie and a half, <laughs> you know. Um, oh, wow. Get some food and some wine. And, yeah, it's, I have found that a little bit of alcohol uh, is uh, <laughs> a prerequisite when watching monogamy because <laughs> it's intense <laughs> and it's sensual, it's, it's smart, it's funny. It's, you know, but I want to add. I want to add somebody to my list. I want to have Jasmine and uh, Craig to come with you next time because we got questions. Oh, there you go. And, and you know who else you have to have is Karen. Karen Ross. Craig, Craig's better half is Karen Ward Ross, and that's his mm-hmm. wife. And she's a phenomenal actress, but she's also his creative partner. Um, yep. Bring Karen too. Most of the things. <laughs> we want yeah, Karen, most of the Craig, he's working and on, Jasmine. <laughs> Okay. Is we'll, anybody we'll, else? We'll open up the chat room for all of you. Just, just it's gonna be right. Hallie, Wesley. Yeah, yeah. We've already had Blue on the show. We can get him. Uh, Vanessa. We are gonna add Vanessa to the list. You just bring everybody with you. Yeah. But you know, you know, it's a good one to have. Um, because she's not. I mean, she's she's a super talented actress also, but just really politically aware and super smart. Um, Chrissy Ferris. Have you had her on your mm. show? No, we haven't, but you can bring her too. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm telling you, that's that's someone you should really because she's got some really she's got some really strong opinions and um, a really grounded view. But she's also a super talented actress. She's always one of those actresses that's always working. But yeah, she'd be a heck of an interview. I'd tell. In fact, when I get off with this, one, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna give her a call and let her know about y'all. Absolutely. Absolutely. And. I'm going to send you some dates to send her so that we can all just, you know, come together and kick yeah, it, have, like have, have I, a kick in the chat room door. Christy's character in um, in season one is very much like um, a girl that I dated um, for a, a, a healthy period of my, of my young life. And I didn't know Christy was going to get the part, but when I saw her play, like, the first scene that I wrote, I was like, oh, my gosh, she's, she's almost exactly like, like the girl that I used to date. It was kind of spooky. Um, yeah, that she could has be a good or bad thing. I know, right? Well, it was both because her character was flawed. Um, her character oh. was beautiful, intelligent, elegant, and all these things, but she was also flawed. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I was able to – to, to infuse a lot of real life stuff into her character, yeah, it was a trip. But yeah, she she I mean we had never met and she played that character as if she had like followed me through my relationship with that woman um, for all those years. And she's very she's extremely intuitive. Um, very few actors I think have that quality. I think a lot of them can inject their personality in a character, mm-hmm. but Christy mm-hmm. has this way of of seeing the nuances and the things that no one else sees, and she brings mm-hmm. it out. She, she's one of those actors that can act without any dialogue. You know, she can be mm. in a scene where her facial expressions or her body language, you know, speaks volumes for her. It's amazing to watch. 
That's talent. Well, that's talent. We're going to have a monogamy. Yeah, yeah, that is. is straight talent. It's raw talent, too. So we're going to have a monogamy yeah. takeover, and we want you to mm-hmm. get as many as you can get and let us know, and we're going to have a monogamy takeover, and we're going to have you guys on here to talk that talk with us. But, you know. I heard that. <laughs> she got a good question we're, for y'all for you today because we got a full house, so she's just gonna give you a question instead of a scene. Okay, what's the question? Okay, okay, you're gonna have to come back because I had a juicy scene for you. But um, you're oh, smart, okay. Kevin. You always have me back. <laughs> you're smart, Kevin. Yeah, so you, I'm gonna you give you, you a good one. You put me in as a fill-in guest. If anybody doesn't show, just call me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got you on speed now. <laughs> okay. So, so you need to so pay attention, question? Kevin. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, you ready? Okay. Uh-huh. Now, this is, a, this is a brain teaser. It goes like this. I am four times as old as my daughter, okay? In 20 years' time, I will be twice as old as her. How old are we today? Okay, now you got to repeat the question because you got all quiet <laughs> and sexy. When you were saying it, at first you were subjecting <laughs> like the announcer, writer, slash radio personality you are, and then you got off. <laughs> you got off quiet deliver- with it. That's, that's, Kevin, you know that's called the delivery. I couldn't, I couldn't hear a word you said, but my nipples got hard. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> oh, Lord. I okay, think I'm you're deflecting. Look, look, I think you're deflecting. You're trying to make us laugh. Me too. Come on, come on. Come on. <laughs> Okay, one more time, Kevin, one more time. Now you have to repeat the question. Well, the train was coming from Chicago at this time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go, here we go. All right, here we go. Now protect, damn it. (laughs) Okay, I am four times as old as my daughter, and in 20 years' time, I will be twice as old as she. How old are we today? You are four times older than your daughter, and in how many years you'll be three times as old as her? In 20 years, I'll be twice as old as she. In 20 oh, years, you'll be twice as old as she is. You right. asked me a math question <laughs> after all that. I'm a writer. That means I didn't listen in math. That means I'm you're supposed to write it down. And speak to that means you're supposed to write it down. <laughs> You know what I was doing in the okay. math classes? I was copying off the Asian kids like the rest of the black kids. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know what? <laughs> if okay, you were well, this age at this time, how am I going to be in 20 years? You, you were too young when you had to die. That's what I'm going to say. What were you doing having sex that early? You'd be ashamed of yourself. Oh, my God. Should have been in Sunday school. Oh. that early. Twice he as old as 20 years. Up. Right, he didn't change all that. He didn't want to answer like the question. question. I, I guess love. that's how you were raised. Right. <laughs> okay, the, 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 the answer is 40 years and 10 I'll years old. You, I'll tell you how old you're going to be in 20 years. <laughs> if you're twice as old as she is in 20 years, that means she's going to be half your age. That's the oh. correct answer. <laughs> he, oh, he goodness. He's going to put his own spin on it. <laughs> Put his own spin on That's it. how old she is. You know, if you are twice you know her, that means you. she is half your age in 20 years. <laughs> now, if you knew how old she was, instead of asking me, we wouldn't have to ask you two questions. <laughs> oh, Lord. We don't win. 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 We don't
Oh, my goodness, questions. Kevin. We love when you come into the chat room. Okay? I'm going to be in your DM so that we can get this. Matter of fact, I'm not even going to be in your DM. I'm going to text you so we can do the monogamy takeover and have you on. We want you okay. to shout out uh, when a monogamy will be back on the air and when we can look forward to any of your upcoming projects. Okay. I sure would. Did you say you had Blue Kimball on the show? Yeah, we've had him on the mm-hmm. show like three or four times. Get out of here. Uh-huh. Was, he mm-hmm. in, was he in the studio with you or was he, on the, was he uh, distant? Cause he, he was he, on the phone. They, that, boy, that boy got a body made for TV. He, that ain't a radio <laughs> body. You got you to gotta be in person with that dude. <laughs> He's a friend to the he's a good friend to he's the show. Friend he's a friend to the show. Mhm. <laughs> he, he got like a tin pack. I don't even know where you get tin pack. How you get a tin pack? <laughs> I can't. I can't with him. Either. I can't. That's just showing off. <laughs> oh my goodness! You know what? His muscles got muscles. Walking around with my 1985 body. I tease him about that all the time. Get back my 1985 body. <laughs> I can't with you. I can't with you. We so oh appreciate you coming to kick it with us today in the chat room. My pleasure. We can't wait my to pleasure. have you back. I will be texting you at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask Siri what the hell the answer to that question is while, you, while we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. So you can figure it out. All right. All right, <laughs> Alicia. All right, Alicia. Good to see y'all as always. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Okay, okay. Right. thank you. Right. I'll see you soon. Are okay. you soon? Bye-bye. Cat room. Oh, my goodness. I love when he comes in the chat room. We always have so much fun. He is mm-hmm. hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> okay I have so to decompress we... when he comes through. <laughs> right. Okay. Oh, I got the giggles now. We got our next fabulous guest in here, y'all. She is the new pin on the block, so I'm excited uh, to be Mm -hmm. able to experience her on today. Um, Let's bring her on in, author Monette. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. How y'all doing? It's Tony. Oh, come on in the chat room, girl. I love that voice. You got welcome. Right. (laughs) You know, put on your sultry voice and things. Look at you. I done put my pen down, girl. I done put the pen down. (laughs) (laughs) Look at you. She's like, listen, when I leave, I'm going to need y'all to know. I'm here. (laughs) I've been in there. I've been up in the chat room. I'm in here. I'm right here. That's right, girl. We Welcome. are good. We are good. Welcome and congratulations on your first book. How how Thank do you, you feel? Thank you. Um, it's kind of it's 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 up and down. It's harder than what I thought because uh-huh. um, the book is based on true events that happened in my life leading up to a life or uh, death situation that I had that um literally broke my heart. So I'm reliving a lot of situations and things that have happened, you know, through my life. So, I mean, I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing pretty good. It's it's a, it's a healing process and at the same time. So, we're just getting it done. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, tell us how did the book come about? Well, <laughs> 
Okay, so uh, I've always been labeled as um, basically the bad seed or the black sheep in my family. And um, everybody's uh, always telling my side of the story. And I've been Mm -hmm. sitting in quiet, not defending myself or saying anything or even trying to, I, I stopped trying to explain to people that, you know, a lot of things that they're hearing aren't the truth. So uh-huh. um, I just got to a certain point in my life where I said, you know what, I'm going to write a book. It's something I've been wanting to do for a good five or six years. And um, uh-huh. shout out to Diamante Publications, Ebony, and um, Brandon Abbey and all the diamonds on the roster. Um, I really appreciate them for giving me a chance to tell my story. So I kind of met Ebony uh, about 10 years ago on Facebook. I had never met her in person, but I remember when she wrote her first book. So I knew that she was an authoress. So when I decided that I was going to write it, I had given her a call, and I said, look, I want to write a story about my – write a book about my story. You know, I told her why and what happened to me. And um, I was just looking for some advice. So then, you know, we talked about, you know, publishing the book and things like that. So that's basically how it came about. So basically she she told you you was going to write it, and you was like, well, Ebony. And she was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I need that done. (laughs) Yes, absolutely, right away. She jumped on it right away. She's been wonderful. And uh, putting it out there, and uh, I also want to sh- give a shout-out to um, the person who's in my book cover. It's beautiful. I loved what they did with it, and, um, and everything is just keeping me going to finish writing this story. I'm almost done. I love it. I love it. So when you sat down to write this story, and mm-hmm. and because it was based off of things that happened in your life previously, what was the process like mm-hmm. for you? What is the process since you're still writing? What is that process like for you to go back and relive those things? Um, it could be really stressful at times. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It's been emotional, you know, at certain parts. And, and and it's not necessarily the bad parts. It's kind of the good parts, you know, things, the good things that I remember. And it's kind of wishing that, you know, sometimes I could wish I could go back to certain moments and other moments of like, wow, I really did that. You know, did I really do that or, you know, did this person really do that to me? So it's just um, reliving it. I, I've actually blocked out a lot of stuff, and I'm remembering it as I'm writing it. So I'm, like, remembering certain parts, but as, as I'm writing, I'm like, oh, wow, well, that happened too. So it's just been a, a up-and-down process emotionally. Some parts I'll be laughing, laughing at myself or laughing at a situation I went through with somebody. Sometimes I might cry mm-hmm. about it, you know. Sometimes I'm like, you know, let me go ahead and just get through this and tell this part of the story. There's some really deep parts in the book that are really personal to me and um and my family, you know. Uh, and and like I said, it's just an up and down, you know, up and down process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hey, Optimal, this is. I'm sorry, Lisa. This is Tony. I want to just expound on what Leisha had um, said, you know, how you felt writing this book, because it sounds like it was very therapeutic, but because it was so personal to you and it had you on kind of an emotional journey, 
What was your biggest takeaway? You know, what was the biggest thing that you took away from just going down this journey of, of remembering and just writing and, and where where do you go from here? Uh, I, I, once I get done with the book, well, um, there's a couple of things. I want to, you know, some people um, in my family have this vision of me based on what other people have told them. And um, I don't want to tell too much, you know, about the book, but I went through a lot of things in my life where, you know, I was out, I've been out on my own since I was 15 years old. You know, mm. I've been in a group home. You know, I, I, you know, I used to run away from home. You know, I've had, I have a, a, a old drug habit that, you know, took me through a whirlwind of things as well um, for a while. And, you know, it's just about everything that, I've been through, you know, I went through some things with my, my kids, you know, where they're looking at me a certain way right now based on things that people have been telling them all their life. And mm. I just want to put it, I want to put it down on paper. So this way, whenever I just, whenever God decides to take me from this earth, everything is on paper and I'm being you know, straightened it out and, and, and able to explain it without having to actually talk to them because a lot of people don't listen to you, but they will read this book. So that's mm-hmm. where I'm going with this. I'm just straightening mm-hmm. out a lot of things, and it'll be therapy for me to, if I haven't healed from it, I'm healing from it now as I'm going through it. Wow. Now, so in everything that you're experiencing, and everything mm-hmm. that you are doing new, what have you learned about yourself in that process? Well, okay. Um, and this has a lot to do with me during writing the book, too. As I'm writing and I'm going along, I'm realizing that how how strong I've been through my whole journey. You know, there were some things that I went through where I, I, when I look back at it now when I'm writing, that I've had to take myself out of my own body not to hurt myself, but what happened was everything that I've been through led up to me having heart surgery. I had major heart mm. surgery um, two years ago um, in 2017. Um, it was something that was unexpected. I, I had a aortic dissection repair, so that means my main artery above my heart, the a the order basically just busted open on me one day. Oh wow! And they told me, yeah, they told me that I wasn't going to make it. So and I woke up out of it and I'm still here. So basically, that's what that's what it is with me. So I just before I before I have to leave here, I just want it down on record that I didn't do. There's a lot of things I didn't do maliciously or on purpose. Some things I just had to make that decision because it was a survival decision at the time. You know, so it, it, it's going to be an up and down, up and down thing. It, the, the readers are definitely going to be going through the motions in this book. Wow. And then health-wise, how, how is that for you? Because I know that as an author, there's a lot of sitting. There's a lot of uh, long writing hours. How do you mm-hmm. make sure that you're balancing everything between kids and writing and making sure at the same time you're staying healthy? Well, um, my kids are grown. Uh, I have I have three kids, so, you know, um, y'all will read about the situation I have with them in the book as well. I don't want to go into that too much. But as far as my health, um, 
I thought them ups and downs. I was just in the emergency room a couple of nights ago. Um, I still have, you know, small complications. Um, there's a few reasons why that happened to me, and um, I have uncontrollable high blood pressure. Um, mm. I had I had smoked cigarettes from 12 up until, you know, I had the heart surgery, and you know, like I said, I have an old, you know, old drug habit that caught up to me. So, um, you know, I'll never feel the same again in my chest. And as far as writing. I just pace myself, you know, I wake up early in the morning, 5, 5.30, I write, you know, a couple of chapters in, and then, you know, I, I might take a break from it and uh, go back to it, and, you know, in the afternoon and the evening, so I've just been really pacing myself and and um, just trying to take care of myself at the same time. Absolutely. Well, I, we applaud you. We applaud you because you have so much going on in your world, so much going on in your mind. And sometimes and most of the time, especially for women, when we have to deal with our children, it's distracting. Mm-hmm. It distracts us from oh, yeah. a lot of things that mm-hmm. we want to do. And then when yep. you learn from mistakes and you have to come to the new you, it's a reprogramming mm-hmm. process. You're reprogramming yes. yourself, your thought process, and everything that you feel about the people around you. And we just really commend you because that's a lot of work. That's a Thank lot you. of self-care mm-hmm. work that you, you're putting in. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard, but I love I love what I'm doing. I, I you know I never thought that it would you know go this far. I'm really excited for it to come out, and you know I'm just trying to maintain like you know I I'm unable to go to a physical job anymore because you know I can't you know handle the stress with my blood pressure going up and down. So I have uh-huh. my own online business too. I have my own online business too. So it's like, you know, during the day I just kinda have a schedule where okay, I get up and I do my advertisements for my business, then I write and then I go back and you know, it's kind of like a back and forth thing. Then I have to take a nap because I'm on a medication too, a lot of blood pressure medications that make me sleepy. So I'm just kinda like, you know, back and forth in it. So I'm I'm also in a peaceful environment to write this book uh-huh. which also helps a hundred percent. I don't have like you know much many interruptions or anything like that. You know my my husband has to come and get me and you know tell me you know come eat. You know I'm like all right somebody you know get up and come eat now. So you know basically it, you know everything is going like it like it needs to go. I uh, love it. Mm-hmm. Now you know we we nosy over here. <laughs> We are nosy, but we like we like to be able to experience the author and their their process and their passion for the things that they do and why. Now, when you are writing the book, I know you don't want to tell us too much about it, but I want you right. to tell us about your favorite scene or favorite part of the book uh, that you have written. Oh, okay. Um. So far, it would be when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and um, I'm gonna say that I'm gonna say that because I was put into a group home uh, by my parents when I was 15 years old, and mm. um, uh, I'll tell y'all a little bit about I didn't have much freedom, you know, at home with my parents. So when I was put into the group home, it kind of was it. it it was a good part for me because it was kind of a freedom thing for me. So mm-hmm. I noticed in like where I was really becoming into myself, even though I was pretty young, 
you know, I was coming into myself and I was just writing that part of, yeah, it was a group home. It might have seemed like a bad situation to somebody else, but it was kind of a good situation for me because I, you know, I went through a lot of abuse, you know, uh-huh. uh, you know, at home, and you know, uh, a lot of things were blamed on me that I didn't do, or you know, a lot of things were taken out on me, and it was beyond my control. So, and, and I was also, you know, held captive, so to speak, at times. So when I was able to go to the group home and I, I could take the public transportation and, you know, go with my boyfriend and, you know, hang out with my friends. It was a freedom thing for me. So when I got to that part of writing the book, it was like, wow, you know, I I basically did everything I had to do to to get my freedom, and, and it just ended up that way. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Now, we have a hand up. You mind taking a call? Sure. We got four seven zero two one three. You are live in the chat room. What's your name and where are you calling from? Now y'all know it's only right that the boss lady call in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hey, lady, how, how are know? you? Don't nobody come on that show without me calling. Let me tell y'all. <laughs> when Ebony texted me the other day, I was working. And I was mm-hmm. editing mm-hmm. all at the same time and talking to her in the chat room. So I gave her the wrong number. She was in my, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> I heard her voice. I heard her voice. Well, she my name was at me, so I had to fuss at somebody. <laughs> I was getting fussed at. I'm like, my inbox is on fire. And I'm like, I'm fired for what? And she was like, because the show didn't yeah, start. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I love Andy. I love her. I do. I do. Yes. I love her. You know, it's all love. Okay, boss lady. Okay, boss lady. You gotta, you gotta tell us about this project and what made you, what made it pull on you to put it together. Well, first of all, she could have called anybody and she called me. That, that was mm-hmm. number one. And I was sitting in the garage making some shoes doing absolutely <laughs> yep. nothing. And she inboxed me like, are you busy? And I'm like, wait a minute. She don't never ask me am I busy. So I'm thinking something is wrong. But like she said, we've known each other for years and never met. So I was like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, can I call you? I'm like, yeah. So she calls me on video chat through Facebook, nonetheless. And me and Brandon were both sitting in the garage together. So as she's telling me the story, he's sitting there with his mouth open, which I'll let, matter of fact, because that's the snippet that's up, I'll let her tell y'all about how she figured out that she needed heart surgery. She told me that part, and I was sitting there looking at the phone like, yeah. what? And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, so my you know, my wheels got to turning, and I created this real quick snippet based off of what she said. So when she read it, she's like, oh, man, if that's not what I just said, but it's like, you know, more colorful. So I was like, and when you're writing, this is what you have to do. People have to be in your shoes. They need to feel what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You can't just read it. Mm-hmm. You have to feel it. I said, they should feel emotional. They should be afraid for you. You know, they should right. be, you know, just, just overcome. And she was like, okay, okay. I said, well, first things first, you're going to have to talk to my first lady because don't nothing ride without the first submission. So right. after you talk to her, you know, and she comes back to me and tells me what she thinks because I know what I think. But, you know, the way we do things is there's me and Brandon, and then there's Takara. She's been with the company since day one. So it's ultimately up to the three of us. 
So I was like, you know, talk mm-hmm. to her first. Maybe about five minutes later, Takara was like, this girl got me into here. So what did you get me into? And I said, I know, right? <laughs> so, you know, me and her are talking, and I'm like, I want to sign her. She was like, you should. Now, coming out of Takara's mouth, that's serious. Because she don't like nobody, first of all. And she for sure don't like females. So when I get to talking about signing a female, she gets to giving me stink looks and side eyes. I'll be like, man, stop it. So, you know, I'll be like, but she can write. She's like, all right, boss lady, but, you know, I don't like girls too hot. You know, I don't want to be. But if you look at Diamante, Diamante is compiled by women. But the thing about Mm -hmm. it is, well, with the exception of Brandon and Jamel, and then we have Be Nice. The thing about it is, is everybody signed to Diamante has been through something that connects us. Like, Mm -hmm. as she's talking, Mm -hmm. our chat message is going off. And everybody's like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, I didn't know that about you. But guess what? I was in a group home, too. I was in foster care, too. Mm-hmm. I was here, too. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you went through that. Y'all know I flatlined, so I get the medical part of all of it. Yeah. Like, I get it. So, and, and then I get people assuming they know you and they don't. And, you know, right. when I wrote flatline, it was because, and Davina said something was Monet. She don't want me to call it that. She said something where we were talking yeah. about how everybody was trying to tell her story. Now, before I wrote flatline, I was doing so bad. Like I was in this deep depression, you know, I was going through trying to adjust to this lupus thing. And my grandmother came and got me from Georgia and took me up to New York. She's a pastor. And she took me to this women's conference where there's a lot of pastors that talk and stuff. And there was a lady and she was talking and she said, you know, y'all better stop letting other people tell your story. She said, because when somebody else tells your story, they're going to be like, oh yeah, Ebony, you're talking about the one that got a baby by so-and-so, the one that beat up so-and-so at school. She said, nobody is ever going to tell how you helped them or how you told somebody she had a booger in her nose or that her, her track was showing in her hair. Nobody's ever going to tell the good stuff that you did or the things that you did to help somebody else. People are always so focused on the negative because that's all that's going to get them any attention. So I remember her mm. saying that, and I remember thinking to myself, well, maybe I need to tell my own story. Because if I tell my story, then there's nothing anybody can say. Y'all will hear me say on Facebook many, plenty of times, you know what I tell you. And there's nothing you can tell on me because I wrote two books of my whole life. What you going to tell? I told you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can say about me that I didn't put in a book. Me and Brandon separated for three years. It's in a book. That's no secret. Mm-hmm. But I've also been married for 12 mm-hmm. years. So what you going to tell? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. People are so quick to try to make assumptions, and y'all are mad. Yeah. So y'all know we are like in each other's faces 24 seven. And it's and it's surprising, like you know, I, and I hate to be. I'm, I'm not trying to throw like my family under the bus or anything like that. But like I, I was talking to one of my family members the other day, and I was telling them, like, you know, they were asking me what the book was about, and I'm like, you know, these are all true events that happened in my life, and there's people in my immediate family that think they know me, but they really don't know me. I have not been in your household really since I was 15 years old. So it's not, it's not even about what other people are saying. Like I'm, um, I want to straighten this out with the people that I love and that I care about and who are close to me. You know what I'm saying? Because if you mm-hmm. think that mm-hmm. I was doing something personal to you, it wasn't that. It was just a decision that I had to make. But in this book, mm-hmm. it will tell you why I made those decisions and what led to that and what I was thinking <laughs> when I did that. Right. That's that's pretty, this is Tony. That's pretty much what um, Ebony just shared, you know, letting someone else right. tell your story. You know, you have right. to be the, in, in, on the forefront of that because 
right. they're going to tell it the way they want to tell it and not necessarily from your point of view. Right. 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 And then people forget too, when you going through things in life, like in her case, you know, when I was listening to her, y'all know I'm the most non judgmental person in the world. I'm around too many people to be judgmental, first and foremost. And then I got mm-hmm. my own problems. I ain't got no place to judge nobody. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, people forget that when you have an addiction and you're going through mental breakdowns and things like that, you don't have control over what you say or what you do. So mm-hmm. I think that it's a little misplaced that people hold mm-hmm. when they're accountable for everything that she's ever done because there's right. a point in her life where she was an addict. She didn't have control. She wasn't making mm-hmm. solid decisions because she wasn't solid. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and right. I think yeah. that people, right. people tend to forget that point. You know, she has to take responsibility mm-hmm. for her actions. I'm not saying that at all. Of course. But then you right. also have to say, well, you know what? When she did this was when she was on this. You know what I mean? So, therefore, mm-hmm. she, was, mm-hmm. she wasn't even making sound decisions. Exactly. And, and that makes a lot But, you know, it, I, I was going through something. My mom wasn't right when I was going through certain things. And, mm-hmm. you know, and back to the question that you asked me, earlier, like, what are some of the things that I noticed about myself is even mm-hmm. though I was going through those things and my mind might have, might have not been right or I was on, you know, this drug while I was doing it, but it's kind of like in the middle of all that, I still made the right decision. It, it, it's it's, it's kind of weird. Like, when you read when you read the book, it's going to look kind of, it's going to sound crazy, but when you kind of read more into it, it's like, okay. I was, uh, my mind wasn't right at this time, but I still, mm-hmm. something in the back of my mind told me to make this decision, what was better for me or what was better for my kids or what was better for whoever was around me at the time. So it's kind of like a mixture right. of, okay, yeah, I was going through this. Yeah, I was in a weak moment, but I still made, uh, uh, I still did, did something strong out of it. So it's kind of like, you'll, you'll be able to see that as, as time goes on. on the book. Well, the other Absolutely. thing is that people... They also don't realize parenting does not come with an instruction manual. No, right. it does not. Unless you just out here putting your child on a damn ledge and telling them to jump off. You know, I remember mm-hmm. fussing at my mom and telling her, you are a bad mom. You were this, you were that. And it's just because I didn't mm-hmm. agree with every decision that she made. My mom wasn't a bad mom at all. And, like, not right. even remotely. But this is when I was growing up before I had kids. And I remember her looking at me and saying, you know what, you can call me a bad mother till you blew in the face. I didn't have mm-hmm. instructions on this. Sometimes we do what our parents did, and sometimes we try to do it differently. She said, but ultimately, mm-hmm. when you're a parent, there is no bad decision. It's the one that you think is the best one. And as a mm-hmm. mom, I'm getting that because I exactly. find myself baffled sometimes saying, okay, do I let Shaquan go to this party or do I not let him go? Now, y'all know that that left side of me be like lock him in the house because this world is treacherous. And I never mm-hmm. want him to be in any type of position that I can't control. But then on the other right. end, I'm like, you got to let him go out in the world and learn something. And so, you right. know, and then when I let him go, I'm always like, I hope I made the right decision. You never mm-hmm. know whether it's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And and this is the thing about mistakes, because everybody has made mistakes. And so... There's a forward movement in your in your thought process when you are putting yourself back together. And a lot of times when you go through things, there's an underlying reason behind the you going through it. So something happened right. and, and and the things that you went through were your reaction to whatever was going right. on. 
And so exactly. now that you have learned from that, you have grown from that, and you have moved on from that, a lot of times mm-hmm. you have people that still beat you up for that. They they still okay. want to mm-hmm. take you back over all of that instead of fixing your mm-hmm. mind to say, okay, this is where I am now, and this is what I need mm-hmm. to do to move forward, and this is what I have done to move forward, and this is right. what, you know, I, is in the process of me doing but sometimes you have to kind of phase out what people are saying because they always gonna have something to say you know what they say about opinions so you have to make sure that you are keeping your mind (laughs) (laughs) you got to make sure you keep your mind because when you are going through things the first thing that the devil attacks is your mind your mind is the first thing to go because if 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 you if your mind is caught the rest of you will go too even mm-hmm. even in relationships, if your That's man right. got your mind, your body and everything else about to follow. Right. So that's mm-hmm. the same thing about issues and problems in your life. If your mind is caught, you're always going to revert right. back to something. You, that's why you got to keep, you got to always keep yourself. You got to keep protect yourself your under peace. control, protect your peace. That's keep right. yourself in God because God is going to help you protect your peace. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. And when all that right. fails, in the words of Medea, keep I you am. a piece of steel. <laughs> okay. A piece of steel will always bring you some peace. Yeah, Don't I'm listen down, to them. They're going to put you in jail. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely um, on the goal of peace and healing. That's, that's definitely what this is about. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you know, here on Let's Chat, we do like to do something a little fun. We're not going to do nope, it. We're not We're not <laughs> <laughs> No, because then she's going to start asking me to add and subtract. I'm getting off this phone. Goodbye. <laughs> what do you mean, Wait, Ebony? Right. I don't understand what she meant by that. I, I don't know what she meant by that. We Uh-oh. don't do that. But we're going to mm-hmm. ask you a fun question. See, we're not going to get you this okay. time. Next time, okay. we're going to get you. But not this time. This time, we're going to let you <laughs> just be in the moment. So okay. she's going to give you a fun question. <laughs> okay. Well, Monet, thank you so much for joining us again. You know, like we said, you got to come back because we got to get you on the hot seat with those scene questions. But I have a really oh, yeah, good definitely. question for you tonight. You know, okay. you you shared so much of yourself with us tonight, so we want you to be able to express that. And you remember those big box of clowns that we used to get? I used to have about 64, 72 boxes mm-hmm. of clowns in a box. If yes. you were one clown, one color in that box of clowns, and you can even make up a color, what color would they open up and you would just shine to be? What color would that be? And why? Red hot. Red hot. Oh. <laughs> Oh, she's no hesitation, Lee. Yes. <laughs> uh, right out the gate. She said, I'm red hot. Mm. And why red is that? Hot. Um, okay, because I'm definitely a firecracker, for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. I've always been that. And uh, I, oh, I, I stand out. And um, my book, Broken Hearts, This Ain't a Love Story, is definitely going to stand out. And I wanted to touch the people that need um, peace and healing, too, and uh, to let them know that they're not out here alone as far as going through things like I did. 
I love it. I love it. And I think that's important. You know, everything is a hustle mm-hmm. nowadays, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Even even oh, church yeah. can be a hustle. And because people oh, are yeah. looking to be affirmed. They're looking they're looking for that. They need that so bad nowadays that, you know, affirmations, if you look on social media, they're all over the place. Because people yep, are right. so broken and they are so lost that they need that that thing that's going to help bring them together that one word right. that one that one thing that's going to help bring them together and so mm-hmm. it's it's a necessity sometimes but then sometimes you got to affirm yourself and so right. again we want to applaud you because you have taken that step to not only put Thank yourself you. in a different position um but to to take control of your life and position your mind and your body and your spirit in the correct direction. And so we, we applaud you for that. Everything else will fall in place. It'll fall in place thank when it needs so much. to. Yes, thank you Absolutely. so much. Thank you so much for having me and giving me a chance to speak tonight. I appreciate it. And uh, shout out to all my Diamonds and Diamante publications. I love y'all. Thanks for y'all's support. And thank you, Miss Tony and Miss Leisha. I appreciate everything. You are so very welcome, and you are always welcome back here anytime. You want to get on the show, just hit one of us up, and we'll make it happen. I'll make it happen. Anytime you want. You might have something. You might have something on your spirit, like there's something I want to talk about. It's just on my spirit. We got you. Okay. All right. No problem. I'll be back. Okay. Well, we appreciate you. <laughs> All right. Have a good night. <laughs> you too. Oh, she's so sweet. Absolutely. Yes. I love it. I love new authors. I love it. And she's so just into her new skin. I love it. I love it. I, I absolutely mm-hmm. love it. This is Miss. And it was genuinely. Miss, it was genuine. Yes, it was. And and she was she mm-hmm. was genuinely sharing. She didn't have to share right. with us. She didn't have to, you know, give us that that background, but she did, mm-hmm. and so we appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we're gonna take a brief break, and we can come when we come back. We will have comedian talent. Okay.
busting my tail on a nine to five Just to keep up, try to stay alive Promise my lady we gon' be alright She be crying while she praying for a better life Hustling on the side for a bag of rice Gotta feed the fam, gotta pay the price Gotta keep trucking through the Georgia clay Gotta stay searching for a better day Gotta keep my faith to make a way Gotta get extended so the gas can pay Sweet Georgia, hold me down Keep my feet planted on solid ground From the New York coast to the Florida shine Up to the Maryland, D.C. line Back down south, red peach prime Sweet Georgia, where I reside Tell me why do I have to cry out Tell me why should I even pray Tell me why should I worry about it Tell me why should I lose my Thank you. 
Yes, we are back. We are back. Welcome to Let's Chat. I'm Miss Leisha. You know, I got my right hand, and most of the time, she is my left. The fabulous Miss Tony, y'all. This has been a day. We have had a good mm-hmm. time. We have laughed. We have had an emotional moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, the whole gamut, Leisha. The whole gamut. The whole gamut, okay? So we appreciate you guys coming to kick you with us today in the chat room. Oh, today has been a day. We have had so much fun. I love when Kevin comes on here. I'm going to text him so that we can have our monogamy takeover. Yeah, that, that should be a fun show, Lise. I think so. I think it's going to be fun. Now, here in the chat room on next week, y'all, it is going down. If you don't know your sexual orientation, you're going to know by the time that show is over next Thursday. It is going down. (laughs) We are going to have Love Maya in the building. We're going to have Greg in the building. It's our relationship show. Y'all know that we like to be able to have a relationship show um, at least once or twice a year. And then on next Friday, we have Wahita Clark in the building, along with the authors of the new anthology. So I'm excited. I'm excited. We got everybody. Um, they're all going to be in the building. So I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. We got a great, great shows next week. So I'm excited. Me too. It should be a fun week. Mid-August. Just in time. <laughs> Just in time. We so appreciate you guys coming to kick with us today in the chat room. And we will see you guys uh, next week. Have a great weekend.